0: Once upon a time when my husband and I were dating about two and a half, three years, we were playing a game with his whole entire family, a game called taboo. And if you've ever played taboo, you probably know how competitive it can get, especially when you're not on the same team. Now, my husband's family will tell you that you have to play on the opposite team, because if you lose, then you go to bed blaming each other. But I since have realized that I need to be on the same team as my husband because I am too competitive to go against him. So this story of the taboo game is now a running joke on his side of the family. And I'd like to say I've matured since then, but the story goes that I was the one holding the taboo cards and you know, you're not allowed to say a list of certain words to try to get your team to guess. And apparently I kept saying some of the words on there because my husband was the one with the buzzer in my ear, and he kept buzzing it. And I got so mad, I tossed the whole thing up and I walked out of the room in front of his whole family. (laughs) I don't suggest doing that. But after that day, I realized I need to be on your team. Because if I go against you, I'm just going to get mad at you. And we make a better team. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about differences that might be causing a divide and even honestly leading up to divorce and also a three-step system that's going to help you stop believing the lies of incompatibility and to start growing closer in your marriage. So go grab your coffee and get ready because here we go. This isn't a game of ding dong ditch and don't worry I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to The Jar Podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame we'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. Hey guys, welcome back to today's show. If you aren't a part of my Facebook community, you can find it at Christian wife and marriage community on Facebook, or you can click on the link in the show notes and join us there. Because we we tell some funny stories like I just did, but we also challenge each other to grow as individuals and as wives, uh, so that our marriages can be honoring to God and so that our identities can be firmly rooted in Christ. So, going back to this topic on differences you know, what used to be cute when we were dating, it's just not so cute anymore. You know what I'm saying? Some things are funny in retrospect, but more and more, you probably find yourself saying things like, well, I'm this way and he's that way. Or, you know, this is just, I've always been this way. It's just who I am. Or I'm A, B, C, D, E, F, G on this personality test and he's LMNOP. so we just don't understand each other. We are just so opposite. In the beginning, maybe opposites attracted, but especially if you're in a bicultural marriage like I am, differences are all over the place. In almost every way imaginable, we are different. And so if you find yourself either becoming aware to differences If you're newlyweds or if you've been at this game for a long time and you can spit off differences left and right what do we do about them do we just call it quits and say "Mm, we're incompatible the world will tell you based on dating apps and and what the world says is to find someone compatible and they almost don't ever match you unless certain criteria are compatible. And of course, you know, when it comes to foundational stuff, I still firmly stand by things like faith and family and things that you should have in common as core values. But there are all kinds of differences. To me, that just stems back to the fact that God created us in his image, and yet we are all unique. So his, his personal touch is on every single one of us. Deep down, it's the understanding that God made me this way and he made my husband this way. But that doesn't mean that something's wrong with God's design. If there's sin involved, that's a whole nother story. And that's something that needs to be worked on and constantly um, pruned out of you. But let's just talk about some of the differences that couples tend to face. There are differences in spiritual levels, you know, where someone's faith is stronger than another or biblical knowledge is higher than another. There are different personalities. There is truth behind some of these personality tests. We have tendencies and that's okay, but we'll talk about more about that in just a second. There are different cultures and languages, um, there are different likes and dislikes, preferences, there's different ways of communicating, or even dealing with stress, and there's different political views, and all I mean all kinds of things, but different doesn't mean bad or wrong, and you are not stuck in being born this way, or well, it's just I grew up this way, or that's just how it is, love me or don't, You can and will change in different seasons of your life and as you go through different transitions in your marriage or in your motherhood or even in your job. As you are a new mom, you grow in ways that are different from when your kids are older. You're constantly changing and growing, or at least you should be. And if you're stuck, there's a way out. Let's look at first though, what to do when your differences seem to be just magnified or like they're growing bigger and bigger and you find yourself more and more looking at each other like, what are we doing? Do I even know you? We're so different. This can happen after the honeymoon, the typical honeymoon phase is over. It can happen when life stressors come into play and you both kind of just go and deal with the stresses of life in maybe very different ways and suddenly realize, wait, why why is he handling it that way? I'm handling it this way. Why is there such a difference here? I thought I knew him or her. Differences can be pretty evident when a crisis hits, whether that's a, a sickness or a diagnosis or a death or something in the family. When crisis hits, how are you dealing with them versus your spouse? Are you dealing with them in different ways? Because that can stand out. And then when growth happens, as you grow as a parent or as a Christian or as even move up the corporate ladder or get promotions in your job, as you grow as an individual, it can be pretty evident there too that, well, I'm different now. My spouse doesn't seem to have grown along with me or changed with me and so those differences can seem pretty big and and glaring and even really intimidating like well what do we do with this now i thought things were going to be this way and i'm now i'm realizing we're really different or what we just walked through kind of highlighted our differences i guess so how do how do we keep our differences from taking center stage and causing division or resentment, and in extreme cases, divorce. You know, unity is the goal, not uniformity. Genesis 2, 24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The goal is being a united front, a, a, a unit that functions together, not that you are uni- uniform, that you have to do everything the same. In fact, it's coming together with your differences that makes you so strong. And I'm going to get to that point again later. So what are these three steps to unity? I call them the three C's because it's just easier to remember. And the first one is to communicate. Address it, name it bring, it, bring it to light. If you leave it unsaid and unaddressed, it's going to be swept under the rug and not dealt with and not worked on that's how people get stuck so you know there's some truth to things like i'm pretty introverted and my husband is extroverted if you want to hear more on our huge list of differences you can go back to episodes uh i think it's 16.1 and 16.2 where my husband is my my special guest and it's pretty funny i'm definitely introverted and he's extroverted. That is an innate difference in us. And so part of it is just naming that and acknowledging that there is a difference. Instead of maybe expecting the other person to be more like you or being felt like you have to constantly be like the other person, acknowledge that there's a difference and just talk about it for what it is. Instead of just, yeah, sighing when he wants to stay home again and maybe you want to meet up with a group of friends and then it just spirals into this well he never wants to do anything with me and it can spark other negative thoughts of he doesn't care about me or he never wants to do what I want to do um that could be damaging too so when you bring it to light and you name it there's at least something to work with right then communicate about how those differences are not bad they're just different Just because he's one way and you're the other way does not mean that he's wrong and you're right. And vice versa. Because I know some husbands are listening too. So after you acknowledge that neither is good nor bad, express, take time to communicate and express what, what is hurtful or maybe hinders you about how the other person is. Maybe you get hurt along the way when... If he's extroverted and really wants to go out and do things, and you're introverted but you haven't expressed that, and so you just do the things that he wants to do and you go out and you don't get that time to recuperate, I call it a social hangover, Um, then that can be hurtful to you or at least feel like it is. So communicate about what might help you. Just be open and honest about how maybe some of your differences can tend to make each other feel and then discuss what what can you agree to disagree on. Not everything has to be a huge, hairy deal. Some things might be kind of lifelong little idiosyncrasies or tendencies or choices that the other person has or that you have. Communicate and figure out what's possible for us to kind of overlook and give grace to each other on and let go of in the end and where can we meet in the middle? Which brings me to number two. The second C is to compromise. A lot of people might kind of shy away from that word thinking, well, I shouldn't have to compromise who I am. They should just love me for me. In a marriage, when unity is the goal, there is a level of compromise. And I'm not making this up. Ephesians 5:25 says, for husbands, this means love your wives, Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. There's a level of sacrifice that comes with compromise. If God is love and we are walking with God and we love each other, then expressing that should be in a form of sacrifice in a way that is God-honoring. So how do we do this? How can you come toward your husband or husbands that are listening? How can you come toward your wives? Where can you make room for them? And the things that they prefer or that they like. After you communicate about what's important to you, what can you allow? What different activities can you start to participate in that might stretch you to try new things or agree on what you know what you're comfortable with, and give each other the encouragement by joining in. You know, um, sometimes this falls in line with transitions when i was full-time teaching in the classroom there was no way i was staying up late i'm sorry you're a night owl and i'm a morning person but my busyness and my sanity meant i needed to go to bed very early and it was tough because how did we prioritize time together if we're so different sometimes he had to compromise and come to bed early now that i don't teach in the classroom I can stay up a little bit later as long as I, you know, I'm keeping up with my my priorities and my tasks and I'm allowing myself to stay healthy by getting enough sleep, of course, but I can stay up a little bit later. And that's a compromise that I'm allowing myself to make as a sacrifice to spend more time with him and meet him halfway. You know, if your husband is super outdoorsy and you'd rather stay at home, can you compromise and maybe agree to go on one hike a week or a month or whatever that just comes back down to communicating about it or you know if you're anything like me as a wife you probably want your husband to read a book with you either out loud or separately and then talk about it and husbands there might be some that like to do that but for the most part it's not typically something they like to do and So husbands might compromise and say, okay, one chapter a week or let's read this book over the next however many months and we can take turns or you can read it to me and whatever it is, just talk about it and be willing to find the places where you can compromise and sacrifice for the other. So one of these for me personally is whenever we do something spontaneous and um, more extroverted like being around a bunch of people I have grown so much in this area I'm very proud of myself but I will go and I will have fun and I will allow myself to enjoy it but I have learned to express you know I'm okay with doing that and doing it kind of last minute if maybe the next day you give me a day to recover because as an introvert I regain my energy and strength by having some quiet time so in order to avoid a social hangover and overdoing it, can I recover the next day? Great, then I will be happy to go. And just have that conversation. So the third C that we'll talk about today is to focus on what you have in common to bring you to unity. Most people start dating or start thinking about marriage because they do have something in common. My husband and I really... We really are big, huge bookworms. As busy working parents and homeschooling, it's harder to see that. But in our dating days, my husband's mom used to make fun of us because she would find us sitting there just reading. And our cheap dates would be going to Barnes & Noble, not buying the books, but sitting in the lounge chairs and reading. And that's probably why there's no more lounge chairs in Barnes & Noble because of people like us. But the point is... (laughs) to find something that you have in common focus on doing something that you both enjoy balance out the stretching and the growing and the compromising with something that you actually both enjoy doing that will feed that will feed your strength just as much as stretching you and growing you will so in closing learn to celebrate the differences what can you teach your spouse and kind of make it a fun creative thing to do to try together like trying different foods or trying different activities and hobbies. Maybe sit down with a calendar and plan out, okay, what kind of things do you want to do maybe this season? Like I'm a huge fall person. What kind of fall activities would I enjoy that he'd be willing to do with me? And what would he like to do that I'm willing to do with him too? Maybe what have, what are some of our traditions as a family that we can focus on and get excited about like Christmas and how we give gifts or whatever it is, start celebrating those differences and coming together with what you have in common. And also, I would say, find the positive. I realize more and more that even though my husband and I are very different, our boys are growing up in a bicultural household and biracial household. And there isn't just one right way of doing things. I mean, yes, we believe and one thing we have in common is that there are absolute truths and a biblical foundation but when it comes to ways of doing things or methods of solving problems or personality traits, they get quite a display of differences, which I think means that they're going to be, with the biblical worldview, they're going to be more open-minded and they'll see the benefits of doing things differently. You know, as, as army brats, my husband and I lived all over the world and we kind of got an idea of, oh, the American way is not the only way. Oh, this food is good too. Hey, this is pretty cool you know, and it's influenced me for the rest of my life to appreciate the differences in other people and other cultures around the world. And one last benefit of finding commonality in your differences, if that makes any sense, is that you can help each other watch for blind spots. You know, when you're driving and you have a blind spot, that's why you have mirrors and that's why you have a rear view mirror. Sometimes that's why you have passenger or backseat drivers that will help you drive. Totally me. You know, you are there to help the other person see their blind spots so that you are not walking blindly through situations or scenarios and you're not caught unaware by something. And it strengthens your bond together to be willing to meet each other where you're at and try something new together. And I think it also increases the level of respect for each other, of just respecting each other as different and loving each other anyway. So if you're finding that differences are causing division in your marriage, I encourage you to find a time to communicate about it. Find different ways to compromise that lead toward unity and then to do some of the things that you do have in common. Celebrate those differences and allow them to bring you to an even stronger bond, and use them as a tool instead of letting them divide you. I hope you enjoyed this message. And again, if you are not a part of my Facebook community, find it at Christian Wife and Marriage Community on Facebook or click the link in the show notes and I will see you over there. Loads of love, Lydia. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.